Hey, I'm Chrissy. And I'm Carrie. And we are Status Macabre. everyone god your face looks evil so we have these we have these sound protectors over our mics and so when we are talking into the mic all we really can see is the eyeball of the other person it's awesome and it creepy face just now your eyes were like evil macabre oh that's who i am very macabre so how is everyone you mean everyone being just me and you? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. We're good. So we are in uh, Key West again. Because, yeah, we wish we lived here. Why not? Well, because right? we can work anywhere. Fair. And I want to escape God. my children and my husband. Oh, Ryan. Oh, oh, we love him. Yeah, we do. However... It's nice to have girls' time. It is absolutely wonderful. Yep. And so this is our, I guess, officially our first full day here. Yes. We got in yesterday, and um, we drank a little too much last night. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Well, let me, let me speak for myself. Yeah, I was going to say some of us did. Some of, one of us may or may not have laid in one position on the couch in the living room all night long and woke up to these little <laughs> fucking moonbeam lights directly in my face that was awesome <laughs> so apparently i laid on the couch and chrissy came to tell me to go to the bed and i was like no yeah no she flat out said no i'm and good then, uh, i guess she just tossed a blanket over i me. did i did i brought you a blanket and i was like deuces i'm going to bed peace out yeah peace. so comical and then i don't know what time that was but mm. i woke up literally at 7 a.m this morning with a little bit of a headache yeah and starving. Yeah, so we ate Cuban. Oh my God. Which was awesome. And then we, what did we do? Oh, bike. that was bikes. Bike. Yeah, yep. I had to come back and take a meeting and you went on a bike. I did. So. So, so, and then I went on meetings and then and she me, never did go get a bike. And, and someone took the, the key to the condo and went to the pool. I don't know who that was. <laughs> And so, so somebody got locked out. It's the ghost in the Truman. It's the Truman Annex ghost. Correct. It's, yeah. It's the, it's the key thief ghost. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about. We've got a lot of interesting stuff. Some about. business. And so, yeah, before we get there, let's, let's, let's talk about. What? Our latest purchase. Yes. And. I wish that you guys could see them right now, but we're going to put them on our website. We're going to put them on our um, Facebook as well as Instagram and all those Twitter, all those cool things. But they are called booze bandages. And guys, I cannot tell you, these are the awesomest things on the face of the earth. And we get them every single time we are in Key West. And if you did listen to our very first podcast you will know that one of us may be a drinker yeah i don't know who that is either <laughs> so we we get them every time we go out 
here. Yep, they ha- they're full of vitamin um, B stuff. And um, they actually, they almost like a tattoo, but... They've got, it's th- a vitamin... Um, th- thiamine. 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 And then, um, which is B1. Yep. And um, so it's it's not like you're putting any chemicals or anything unnatural. Yeah, it's literally a vitamin. And you, it's a, like a patch. It looks like a tattoo. But yeah, you essentially just like wipe where you want to put it with rubbing alcohol, like just to clean it off. Little pad, little alcohol pad. Yep. And then you peel it off, you slap it on. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I've worn them even the next day, like after we've been out having some fun. And I'm going to tell you, it's almost like a shot of just pure vitamin B shot. Yeah. It's, it's, you feel so good when you put it on. So we're going to, it's got our little logo on it and, we're going to put them on our website so um, and bundle them, I think, um, yeah. to sell. Just And then we're going to go around, actually, um, around a couple places where we live, and, and they're going to be at a couple bars. So, um, But, yeah, they are fantastic. And um, they truly work. I mean, yeah. when I think the first time I saw them, I was like, there's no way. But the, the idea is, you know, you... you Ideally, you'd put it on before you start drinking, yep. and then you leave it on. And I think, I, I can't remember, it's like several, eight hours it is, or 12 yeah. hours mm-hmm. of, yep. of just vitamin B. And so even, here's the thing, you guys, even if you do not <laughs> drink, it wouldn't be a bad purchase. And we 100% uh, back these up, and we just picked them up yep. today. Yep. Um, Corey from Booze Bandage, who is just absolutely amazing, he when we were trying to finalize the design for the logo where it was going to be positioned on the bandage, poor guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, do you know I'm sure he wanted to kill us. Back and forth, back and forth. And Chrissy and I, were a lot, we're like-minded in some ways, but when you get down to the minute details, we're, we're very different. So we were, yeah. we were going back and forth. And anyway, so huge shout out to Corey at Booze Bandage. We think they look amazing. Yep. And, they're beautiful. Cannot wait. We are going to um, put them on in a little bit. That's right. And then we're going to head out to a great little Italian place. So, yeah. So, we'll put them on our website, like Chrissy said. And, um, yeah, let us know what you guys think, please. Yep. So, that's that's the first order of business. The second order of business is, I don't know. Oh, oh well, let's explain our why we are going to talk today about um, not Kroll, as we have posted on our website, but we're going to... he's still upcoming. Yeah, he's... Just not today. Yeah, he's just not today, unfortunately. It's a lot of research involved with this dude, and there's not a whole lot um, about him, so we are actually going to skip... Um, or push that back, actually, till next week, and we're going to talk about Savannah's ghosts. So, as you guys know, we went to Savannah um, a couple of weekends ago, or no, last weekend, last right? Weekend. I was going to say, yeah, last weekend, and we stayed at the Old Arbor Inn, and unfortunately... It was it it was a great inn. Don't get me beautiful. wrong. It was beautiful. And the 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 the, the folks that work there. Oh, Scott. Kevin, I think was his name. Yes. He, anything we wanted It's like you yeah. just turned around and there he was. They're very very hospitable. Very. And it was really cool because they had like cheese and wine 
Um, so we walked in yep. and I think we each got a glass of wine. Yep. Immediately. As soon as we walked in and immediately. And, and I think I had a drink in my hand when yep. I walked in. Yeah. They were, they, they were super, very hospitable, hospitable and, um, just like really nice. The hotel was fantastic. Um, but you know, we requested to stay in room two Oh five. And honestly, we were hoping for, room. yep. It was a beautiful room and not complaining about it. Looked overlooked river street. It was super cool. But unfortunately we were looking, we were disappointed in the ghost arena. There was not any paranormal activity. I did get a picture of an orb in the middle of the night. Cause I woke up and I was laying in bed and I was like, Ooh, let me just take some pictures. So I did get an orb, but we were hoping to see the ghost of Hank. And we were told that when we checked in, that the hotel room would be as haunted as we wanted it to be, which did not sound very promising. And it was like, it wind immediately went out of my sail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really upset, but it was, it it was a really, really nice hotel, but, um, we hoped Hank would like crawl on the bed with one of us because apparently that's what he does, (laughs) but that's totally not what happened. So, um, I do recommend staying there. If you guys go to Savannah, um, definitely check out the old Arbor Inn. It's very, very nice hotel. It's in a great location. Yep. Perfect location versus the place that we stayed the last time we went. Oh yeah. Um, which was a little further. It was the aloft. The aloft <laughs> yeah. Which, which is fine. Like it's a great hotel, but yeah. it was just further away from like, we were right down yep. in the act. You know, in River Street it was on River was Street. That where we, was yeah, we were, yeah, we were yeah, we were on River it Street. It was fantastic. Wonderful places to eat. So yeah. So just for those of you who don't know a lot about Savannah, um, Savannah is a town known for many many things. Um, they have beautiful Spanish moss, um, beautiful parks, squares, um, history, and but most importantly for this episode. We're going to talk about ghosts. Well, and two, it is one of the most haunted cities yeah. in the United States. And wasn't it also um, Sherman? It wasn't. It was one of the only city that wasn't burned down. Yeah, it was not Sherman. burned. Yep, yeah, correct. Was it Sherman? I think yeah. When, when Sherman came, came through, through yep, yeah, he um, burned which Columbia. Which is interesting. <laughs> and I didn't realize that yeah. until oh. um, I, until we were there last time. I yep. saw something a little placard. Yeah. So when it comes to Savannah, um, there are a few places you know that are you know, as, as haunted, um, as you want them to be. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I just but can't let that I go. can tell you, I, uh, this first place that I want to talk about in the story I have, um, is about a brewery actually. And it's called, um, the brewery is called Moon River Brewing. Yeah. And, um, can I just say something? Here? Yeah. Sorry. But, um, when we were there last time, cause I don't think we went this most recent time. Yeah, we didn't. But when we went, couple months back Mm -hmm. or whenever um if you guys ever go there and you get a flight you get like 15 (laughs) fucking four ounce pours it is two it is two they're half moon crescents yeah two half moon crescents that i think are like six each yeah and you get everything they have on tap yeah they give you everything and 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 the seasonal ones which are kind of cool generous poor people so check it out a little too generous yeah yeah, we left tipsy. Very, very tipsy. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Moon River Brewing, um, the building that houses, you know, the brewery was built in 1821 by Elazer Early. 
It was first used as the city hotel, and then Savannah's prominent and wealthy residents regularly gathered here to share in fine spirits, which were imported from all over the globe. A number of notables, you know, people stayed at the city hotel throughout the years, including James Audubon, who was a guest at the hotel for over six months. So I guess you just- Could you imagine living in a hotel for- Yeah, no, I can't. uh, Like a week is my max. Yeah, no. And it's hard. Oh, I know, right? To stay, I like my house, yeah. So the Savannah City Hotel um, hosted its last guest in 1864, right before Sherman claimed the city um, in his famous march to the sea um, during the American Civil War. But the building um, was also served as a hospital during Savannah's numerous yellow fever outbreaks, which at the yellow fever, like every time they talk about it, it just makes me want to well, cry. So it's like horrible. last time we were here... Um, when you I mean Key my, West, Key West yep. yeah, yep. and I did the mini podcast. Yep. Um, I think everybody died of yellow fever. Oh yeah, no, I mean, story it I claimed so many fucking lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hundreds and hundreds of, of people died from yellow fever, and mostly children. Um, and they reportedly died on the upper floors of the building during those outbreaks in the Moon River Brewing Company. I'm interesting yeah so oh this like if you have kids you have to be on the top floor well no 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 no. yeah i don't know maybe so (laughs) like oh oh would you would you like to upgrade your room um no well you're going to anyway because uh if you have children you have to be on this part of (laughs) this hotel which i i'm great with that so but yeah so it a lot of people um were on the upper floors during the outbreaks, and the building functioned as a makeshift hospital. So I guess they just stuck everybody up at the top. So it was a hotel slash hospital? Yeah, I Is guess. Is that what I mean? It's kind of like the videotape slash tanning bed store. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, that is, that, that's actually, that's a thing, like in Gaston, like South Carolina. Like, oh, you know, like blockbusters, you just go to the videotape store, and then right next door, oh, 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 I gotta go tanning. You get my blockbuster video and my then video and then i'm gonna go tan get my 12 minute tan on and go get a six pack of cores and have a great night sweet <laughs> party on Garth. um but anyway it's so it's not surprising that child or children spirits of children um are often seen in the moon river brewing company in more recent times the building which houses the moon river i guess the brewery has been used as a storage space an office supply store, and actually sat vacant for almost 20 years until it was purchased in 1995. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So as as amazing as Savannah is, and I'm sure for those 20 years was just as amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great spot. Like, oh yeah. Again, it's it's huge. Yep. You can't, like, yeah. Just that's, sat like, there. It's a perfect location. Yeah, and Moon River Brewing is they actually bought the building, so that's when they bought it a couple years later. That's when the brewery yeah. like started. So, and that's when the ghosts like started coming out well, and that's where they started seeing they things were probably there right For oh god yeah years, nobody nobody Could exactly you imagine being a ghost and not having any fucking body to haunt like that would be terrible like fucking my disappointment. life sucked and then my death sucks too <laughs> like how terrible would that be like, where is everyone oh my god what am i supposed to do walk around a fucking dark 
warehouse for Don't. 20 years. I mean. That would suck. Think about Like, that hurts my heart. Think it it's kind of sad. I'll give it to you. There's no one to haunt. There's poor kids. So, <laughs> idiot. So, um, another area in the Moon River Brewing Company that gets a lot of attention is the basement. The most famous ghost at the Moon River Brewing Company is the one the staff calls Toby. And he's seen in the basement moving silently through the shadows. The basement does certainly have more than its fair share of ghostly encounters um, with the living. Many people who go to the group, you know, on the ghost tour, they do that brewery tour I wonder, a few months back. Did you, did you actually go on that tour? Have you been on that tour? Oh yeah. So that's where I was going to say, yeah, that one. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Okay. So, but, um, the ghost, so when the people go on the ghost tour through the the brewery, cause they take you upstairs, um, they make a stop in the basement. And it was one, it was some person that had gone on a tour and um, a few months back and a young woman started to panic. She claimed that her entire right side of her body became ice cold, like very quickly. Just one person out of the group? Yeah. She said it was just one side of her. Yep. She said she could hear voices and she couldn't make out what they were saying. So they took her, um, they took her inside or outside, at which point the experience ended. So it was whatever was in the basement, yeah. She just got really cold and started to freak out, and then they took her outside, and it was, she was all better. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if this, this puts a different perspective on hauntings for me now. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I have always assumed maybe, like if we're sitting here right now, mm-hmm. and ghost is, is here we yeah. would both see it or if there was something. oh yeah no i don't but, think that's the case though but yeah so but i've never thought about that yeah ever i don't think i don't think i have either but yeah i guess if you're really sensitive you might you know see stuff versus people who just are probably you know they're cynical or don't you know they're oblivious they're they're not open it's to seeing things yeah, yeah they're they're blocking that explain anything exactly or not even you know, not even take note of it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, but there's apparently a lot of people have that like same feeling when going into the basement. Um, on the second floor, this is, this is where I have my story, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. But, um, there was a famous shooting of James Stark. That's where his, I guess, murder happened. He was shot by a town physician named Philip. A doctor? Yep, Minas. <laughs> Stark was killed on the staircase. Um, and, or it was in the kitchen. They're going to um, shoot you, and then I'm not going to save your ass. Good luck. Yeah, so wherever it was. So it, it seems like a lot of people are, say that it happened, like the shooting happened in several different places. So it depends on who you ask. But um, you when you come to find that many of the stories in Savannah have very, you know, different versions or whatever, but all depending on who you talk, talk with, but the Stark ghost is said to roam the main floor of the moon river brewing company. So when my husband and I got married, we took a trip to Savannah like right after, and we went on a, you know, pub crawl, like a haunted pub crawl. And we went to all a bunch of places actually that I'm going to talk about it. But one of them was Moon River Brewing and we went upstairs. Well, there's, I remember these places are so old, right? They're just very old. It's kind of cold up there. 
um, even though it was a dead summer, but it was very cool and it was um, brick and they had stored a bunch of like yeast and stuff up there just because it's a brewery. So they stick all that shit up there. Well, um, when we were up there, I had taken my iPhone and you know, I'm snapping, looking for orbs and shit and I shit you not. And I wasn't the only one. This is, it goes back to your thing. There was this other chick that was, she was from Ohio or something and we got to talking, but we had our video camera and we were just kind of recording. There was a fucking orb. I shit you not. And we both got it on camera and it was like bouncing around and it was just all around that, that freaking fireplace. Cause there was a fireplace on the end of the wall. And I had the video for the longest time and I don't know where the hell it is. I, it may be on my iCloud. I don't know, but I kid you not. We just sat and watched it for like five minutes straight, and it was bouncing everywhere. So you could see it? Yes, only on only on the video. We could only see it on the video because you know, like we looked down, you could I mean, you couldn't see it. But she caught the same fucking orb orb with the same movement. So I knew it wasn't. So it wasn't just like like a light on your exactly because she had the same thing. Yeah, we were both like, holy shit. Yeah, I got chills just thinking about it. It is the craziest. It it is the most fascinating thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's why I say the second floor of Moon River Brewing Brewery is absolutely haunted. I don't know if it's James Stark. I don't know if it's some child. I don't. I don't fucking know. But I'm gonna tell you, it is fucking haunted. Yeah. So, um, but there's. There's a, a couple of witness eyewitness accounts. So um, this one person says that there were two events at Moon River, which only can be explained by ghosts um, at the brewery, and they were messing with people. Last summer, this person was on a date with a lovely young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to the Moon River for dining because they also serve food, which isn't bad, by the way. Um, during the course of the dinner, she excused herself to the restroom. The minutes like tick by as this guy's like sitting here waiting for her to, you know, show back up. Maybe she fell in. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> maybe so, she ditched him. So it was 10 minutes later. Oh God. Yeah. It was 10 minutes later. She came back to the table, tears like streaming down her face. And you know, he said, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? Is everything okay? She took a deep breath and composed herself and proceeded to tell the guy her date that, that she was in one of the stalls and she tried to exit the stall and the door wouldn't open. So of course, you know, I'd be freaking the hell out and she started to panic, but she didn't want to cause a scene. So she's like trying to push the door with all her weight and she can't get out. So after trying for another minute, she desperately called out, let me out of the stall. So she's like screaming. Yeah. Let me out. She gave the door another push and it came right open. She went outside to try and calm herself before coming back to the table. She didn't know that the guy was like uber interested in, you know, the paranormal and ghost and whatnot. So a minute later, the waitress comes over to their table to refill their drinks. She noticed that the girl was a mess and asked if everything was okay. And so the girl looks at the waitress and says, you won't believe me if I told you, but something just happened to me in the restroom. I think a ghost was messing with me. She told the wait- waitress the whole story just to have the waitress reply, yeah, you're not the first one to have that happen to them. Oh, wow. The ghosts like to hang out in the women's restroom for some reason. I don't, I don't think that that made the girl or anybody feel any better because right. it's like, what, 
I mean, I'm going to the bathroom. Is this person seeing me pee? Like, (laughs) I think I'd hold it. So, and then there, right. So then there was another time, the same person, this, this guy has witnessed a couple things. He was sitting at a dining room table, having dinner with his friend. All of a sudden, you know, this chick he's with jumps and like her face turns completely white. Almost instantly, instantly the blood like drained from her skin. The guy asked her what was wrong. And she told him something has grabbed my leg twice. The first time I thought it was you, but this time both of your hands are where I can see them. So she's like, you know, something grabbed her leg. She said it felt like someone had gripped her thigh and squeezed. She could feel a hand squeezing her leg. Well, then she refused to ever go back. So this guy was like, my friend is not ever coming back to yeah. this, to this brewery. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, okay. why not me? I know. Well, because we want it to happen so bad. So, and then on the upper floors, like I said, there was, you know, besides the James Stark um, incident, the, there's an infamous lady in white where, yeah, I don't know why everybody's dressed in white. Say, there's a lady in white everywhere. I know, right? Well, maybe because it's, you know, she's a ghost, so it looks white. It could be purple. I don't know. But anyway, so, um, but in color? Yeah. people, like, do we see them in the clothes they're buried in? Oh, could be. And, and do you think that people who've been cremated mm-hmm. can have ghosts? Can, can well, have wouldn't ghosts? they? I don't know. I've, I seem like I've I mean, been your spirit goes somewhere, whether it's, sure. you know, things. like I'm going to have to Google that. Too. I don't know. Things we'll do later on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, people report parking lot board. (laughs) Well, people report being pushed down the stairs, construction crews being chased out by unforeseen forces, and all this is crew. Yeah. This This is what happens on the upper floor. Like I said, I told you the upper floor is absolutely 100% haunted. I can tell you, my husband. Ryan can tell you, and he had witnessed that orb. He watched it. Yeah. Because he was like, that's, that's fucking freaky. Yeah. That was very freaky. And he's not one to believe in that kind of shit. I was going to say, he didn't seem like he, you know, he's yeah. never told me, but just nope. like, I wouldn't peg him for a believer. Yeah, no. Really. So now the fourth floor of Moon River Brewing seems to arbor a dark energy. It is known that many yellow fever outbreaks in Savannah, you know, that were mm-hmm. in that building including the top door floor because of the, the hospital. But there were many, 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 many deaths. Um, and they just, because of yellow fever. So imagine how many fucking souls are yeah. like just stuck there. Yeah. Um, and so they say that the, the, the I guess the top up the up, up, up floor is, is the most haunted, I, which I didn't go to that one. I mean, next time I get into an elevator, I'm going to look for the uppity up, up top floor button. So <laughs> I can, up, up. can yeah. I please go to the uppity up, up top, top floor? floor? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, that's, that's, um, it's, I, I'm telling you, if you guys ever go to Savannah, definitely check out moon river. Even if you don't like beer, definitely check out their food. Um, and, and, go on a ghost tour. A lot of them take yeah. you to, um, moon river brewing. Yeah. So, all right. So that's moon river. Um, uh, the next, yeah. I mean, I've been there twice, both times yep. were when, you know, you and I were there Yep. and I didn't, 
I didn't know, I think, until the last time that it was haunted. Yeah, it's super, yeah, it's very, it's very creepy place, but, all right, so this next place is my favorite. It is, there's so many rumors and so many, like, ghost stories surrounding this house, and every time, I got chills, because every time you walk by it, it just gives me the fucking creeps. Yeah. So, this is 432 Abercorn Street. Abercorn, excuse me. I said Abercorn. I think. I don't know how to talk. When but. I did the little trolley tour, this isn't a ghost tour the first time. Oh, yeah, when I was yeah. in bed hungover. Yeah. <laughs> when I did that, I think it it just pointed that house out. Yes. Because um, it went all through all the squares. I think it made it a point to say something about that house. Yeah, so for generations, people have talked about that this one house in Savannah. Um, more than any other, with horrifying tales of the past owner, which is a guy named Benjamin Wilson. And he's becoming more and more grim with every decade that passes because, you know, it's kind of like the game of telephone. It just, as the years go by, they just add shit and yeah. add shit. Yeah. But the house is, is known not by the name, like the Winchester Mystery House or anything like that. It is just known as simply 432 Abercorn, Abercorn Street. Yeah. And so this house is a place of endless rumors, rumors that draw tourists from around the country. And I, I mean, I'm talking about like Alice, um, no more Mr. Nice Guy Cooper, like that dude, like Alice Cooper is obsessed with this house. Um, the privately owned home is not open to visitors at all. So people like when they do, yes, yes, yes. And so when you do, um, you know, ghost tours, they just stand you outside of that yeah. fucking house. Could you imagine, like that would, because ghost yep. tours typically are later on at night, like all fucking night having to deal with a group of people standing outside. There's nobody the in the house. Oh. Yeah. No. So, no. Ooh, so bear with okay. me. Yeah. So unlike, unlike most of the ghost tours in Savannah, they just, they, there's a whole lot of rumors, like I said, and, and it depends on which ghost tour you're going on. They'll tell you the different rumors. Yeah. Now I cannot say whether or not the rumors are true, but there is there, you know, rumors start somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's so, probably some basis of some truth, some truth, to some it. sliver. Right. So the story of 432 Abercorn street begins in the year of 1868 when its ground was first broken, or rather, rebroken. Um, because if you know anything about Savannah, there is nothing but dead bodies that fill the streets. Like Charleston. It, yes, but th it was like where that house sits was a slave um, cemetery. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably not a good place to put a house. I'm just saying. Yeah. But um, in the city felt like Savannah, the situation was seemingly unavoidable as many of its structures were built on the forgotten graveyards of the Native Americans and then um, enslaved Africans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, this has led, you know, many people to believe that Savannah is a cursed city just because people bury, you know, houses sit on top of fucking graveyards. And they're haunted. All the houses are haunted. They're cursed, you know, whatever. Um, and then you have the yellow fever again mm -hmm. and the, um, you know, other just horrible diseases that cause people to just die and then they bury them, you know, and then they put houses on top of it. It's crazy. 
But um, countless of people in Savannah have perished at this, the hands of what they say is just cursed land. Um, whether that's, like I said, yellow fever or yeah. some kind of disease or... Cemetery you know, that you've yep. decided to build a home on. Exactly. It's just... What was it's, that? What was that movie that's on the tip of my tongue where they built the... It's the little... She goes into the TV, the little, what, little blonde-headed girl. Oh, poltergeist. Poltergeist. That's yeah, there's lots of poltergeist there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the area around 432 Abercorn is known as Calhoun Square. So as you know Calhoun in Savannah. Yes. So in, as you know in Savannah, there's so, it was a planned city. Um, and, there, and there's a square every several blocks. So, and, and this particular house sits at Calhoun Square. And it's 432 Abercorn. Yep. Right? Yep. And it is actually in Calhoun Square is, is one of the v- most haunted squares. And then partly because of this house, right? Yeah. And where the slaves were buried. Um, and it's part of um, just a hotbed of like just supernatural activity. Um, some even consider Calhoun to be ground zero for Savannah's curse as it has endured more than just battles and diseases. Over the years, Calhoun Square has witnessed murders, suicides, and disappearances. Disappearances? Um, yep, that have only further wo- wounded the city, leaving it infected with an incurable darkness. Oh, interesting. Yep. So the misery and death that lays upon Calhoun Square and Savannah as a whole fills its atmosphere with pain and despair. When visiting the square, you can feel the presence of sort of like sorrowful energy, just like really sad. Um, in the air, you can hear the cries of the fallen in the wind. You may never know who is actually trying to reach you. Perhaps, you know, it's a ghost of a soldier. I mean, it could be a slave. You don't know just because there's bodies upon bodies upon yeah. bodies. It's crazy even Native Americans, so. Um, The main street that follows alongside Calhoun is Abercorn Street. And the most infamous house is again, 432. The construction of the house was built for a guy named Benjamin Wilson, who like I said, was his original owner. And the family wrapped up in, you know, his family wrapped up in 1869. So Wilson was a veteran of the Civil War with an ambition to climb the Savannah social ladder. So he was hoity-toity. I think he was just trying to be on the up and up. And those of you who don't know, like, Southern, old Southern culture, you know, it's all about the he, she's of the the towns, the cities. It's very high society um, and hoity-toity. Yeah. So... um, the home he had built was considered to be one of the most expensive houses in all of Savannah and was va- valued at the time over $20,000, which, at, like I said, at the time, that's like probably a million at this point. So it's estimated now at one, like close to $1.5 million. Yeah, yeah. And it's clearly, it's not on the market. I just pulled it up. Um, yeah, no, it's... to get a visual. It's an ugly house, in it's my not, opinion. It's not fancy. No. Um... So shortly after the family moved into the new house, Mr. Wilson's wife died. Um, One of the many victims claimed by yellow fever, unfortunately. Um, Reportedly, Mr. Wilson fell into a deep depression, but tried his best to pull himself together, as he was now the only parent to his, his children. It was believed that Mr. Wilson was not the warmest of individuals, hardened by war and lost after the death, you know. Of his wife. Of his wife. And then now Mm -hmm. a single... Single parent, yep. 
Some say he did do the best that he could with this, you know, under the circumstances, while others claim he was too strict and overbearing when it comes or when it came to his children. From here on out, the facts about 432 are, they're going to sound, these are a little bit hazy. So what I'm going to tell you, a lot of them are rumors, um, and some of, there's been a lot of paranormal activity there. I've gotten orbs there when I've gone on, because I've gone on a million ghost tours in Savannah. And so every time they take you by that damn house. Um, No one is quite sure when or how the legend of 432 Abercorn started, but the twisted versions and various accounts of the tale are unsubstantiated, supposedly. So the lack of facts and evidence to the contrary had done little in the way of discouraging many tour companies and their guides from telling the story as though it was gospel. But I'm going to tell you, rumors start somewhere. Yeah. You know? Um, do. Yeah. It, it's, it's just it, the rumors that started are crazy. So... Um, Benjamin Wilson, like I said, owned the house, um, and it all kind of starts with him. Um, he um, was disciplining his daughter, supposedly, and I say disciplining in quotation marks, because folks thought that, and, and the rumor began, that he was abusing his daughter. Okay. Yeah. And according to the rumors... It was, it was just mm-hmm. one child? It, well, the one daughter. One daughter. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I, I think he had multiple, multiple kids, but he had the one daughter. And Mr. Wilson's punishment techniques went, like, well beyond the spaking um, or sending his, you know, kids to his room without supper. His punishments were said to be excessive and borderline cruel. And then one day he crossed that cruelty line. Yeah. Um, the incident that pushed him over the edge should never have been considered a quote-unquote incident in the first place. It was the post-Civil War era when racial tension and hatred was, you know, still threatening um, to completely destroy the United States. Um, The country had just reunited after being split in half by a gruesome and bloody war. Also, one one must remember, I'll get it out, that the United States had only been a country for less than a century. Still an infant when compared to, you know, Europe and other parts of the world. But enough, like, set up. Y'all know where we are in in the time frame, right? Mm -hmm. The story begins innocently. Mr. Wilson's daughter was seen playing with the children for the Maisie School. So tell me what's wrong with that. Well, the children who attended the Maisie School were a collection of the city's poor, mainly orphans and African African-American students. Mr. Wilson was not pleased by his daughter's choice of friends and heartily disapproved of a proper young girl like his daughter playing with children from a quote-unquote low, you know, lower class. Upon his daughter's arrival home, Mr. Wilson proceeded to berate her without mercy until he believed she received the message. However, this would prove not to be the case, as his daughter had no intention of obeying her father's command. He, <clears throat> excuse me, she kind of was like, F you, I don't care. And so he just, she decided to go play with him again. Well, the very next day, she goes back to the school, plays with her friends. It did not take long for Mr. Wilson to learn that his daughter had not heeded his warning. 
She needed to be taught a lesson, he thought, a lesson that she would not soon forget, a lesson that would forever end her defiance. Uh-oh. So little did he know how literal of a lesson it was going to become. So the punishment was that she was grounded to her room, isolated from everyone, like solitary confinement. But this wasn't just a simple case of like locking her away in her room. Mr. Wilson's eyes, you know, that wasn't extreme enough. So he took a chair and he placed it in front of her bedroom window, a window that overlooked the area outside the Macy School where the students would, you know, gather around and play. Then he dragged his daughter to the chair where she like desperately kicking, screaming for Outside help. Outside of the house? No, inside? like in her room. Okay. And he sat it right there in front of the window. Because the window, yeah. if you look at the house, there's a window and it looked right over the square, like where the school and stuff was. Well, no one could obviously come up and help her because she's in a room. And, and she's sitting in this chair. She is, she is basically, yeah, in this chair. Um, he forced his daughter to take a seat. And then he ties her wrists and binds her ankles to the arms and legs of the chair. So she is like literally fucking yeah. stuck. Like if you were in electric, electric chair. How old was she, do you think? So she was pretty little. I think uh, 10, 8, 9, 10. So she was pretty, she was yeah. tiny. Well, I say tiny, but she was just That's, a little girl. Yeah. So there she was left to look out the window down to the children playing Um, from the Macy School, and as they played without her, she just sat and watched. One day of the torturous punishment was not enough. Um, Mr. Wilson left his daughter tied to the chair for days, ignoring her pleas and cries, you know, to be untied. To make matters all the worse, the conditions she was subjected were unbearable. Savannah... He didn't untie her, so any sort of mm -hmm. uh, bio breaks were... Taken yep. right there. Oh, gosh. And then also note, this was in the summer. And yep. I don't know. I know it gets hot everywhere. Everybody complains about where they live. But I'm going to tell you where we live. Yeah. And in Savannah, Charleston, those low country places, when it is fucking hot, I mean, it is fucking hot. And the humidity, it's like you're breathing water, hot air. But it's, um, I tell people... When I try to explain it to like you know people from the north, I say it's it's like your lungs stick together. It is. It's horrible. It is. And I lived in Charleston. Yep. So Savannah is hotter. Yeah, I think it's yeah. And then if it rains like just even a little bit, it is like you're in a fucking steam bath. Yeah. It, you were in a sauna. It is I horrific. Mean, we, we talked about the Savannah hair. Oh in yeah. One episode. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Legit. It's pretty bad. So because. She's in this room. It is probably, I don't know, 100 plus degrees. Uh, she is sitting in front of this window. That I'm assuming is closed? Yep. I don't know. That I don't know. But she was left in that room to roast. Like, essentially cook. Yeah. Day in and day out. And, you know, I, here in the south, and I'm sure they probably do something like this in the north for the winter, mm-hmm. but, you know, there are places you can call if you don't have an AC. Because yeah. people legit die. Oh, yeah. Oh, elderly, essentially, right? I, Absolutely. I mainly Homeless. The elderly, like, but they, they mm-hmm. get so hot, they, yep. they die. Absolutely. So... 
Well, some have said that she was in prison for several days, but as far, but as, it, I'm sorry, the, as the end of the week, I can't talk for some fucking reason. I have not had anything to drink today. That's it. That's the problem. I know, right? <laughs> I'll fix that in short order here, just a little bit. Damn it! Yeah, but she no longer had any fight in her. I mean, she's just sitting there. She's probably like her emaciated, right? She was unable to hold on and died from heat exhaustion. Oh dear God! Her father didn't even bother to check on her until the following day. When he finally entered her room, he noticed that she was unconscious and called out for her. Needless to say, she did not respond. Mr. Wilson's, you know, beautifully, you know, he's rushing to her side, probably feeling like shit, untying her. Yep. Once free, her lifeless body fell, you know, and she was in, you know, probably rigor mortis at that point. But it wasn't until that very moment he realized just how wrong he was. I feel like really it took you... it took you that long for you to figure out you shouldn't stick your kid in front of a fucking open or window and let her roast, but whatever. And shit and piss on herself for <clears throat> days. Days. Yep. Yep. And then God knows, and, you know, like what sort of insects that. Oh, I've no doubt. Oh. It's probably gross. Well, in the days to follow, no charges were filed against Mr. Wilson <clears throat> as he was viewed as an important man in Savannah. Like I said, Southern the culture. Hoity toity. It is. If you had a name and you were high society, it's like being a celebrity and yep. not much that could touch you. Thus, his crime was swept under the rug by police and went unreported in the newspapers. However, one person could not let this go Mr. Wilson himself. He was so distraught over what he had done. He had done awful things during the war, and he knew he wasn't, you know, the most honorable man, but never believed he would be capable of such an evil act. Killing his own child. Yep. There was, yeah, there was one other who was unable to let him off the hook. That was the departed soul of his daughter. He had left to die. His daughter's spirit never crossed over to the other side, instead opting to stay in the house in which she had perished. She contentiously showed herself in apparition form to her father with the intention of serving as a constant reminder of what he had done. Good. But her afterlife plans were shortly put to a stop as the sight of her drove her father into further madness more quickly than she had anticipated. Only a week of haunting her father, he'd had enough. Mr. Wilson went up to his daughter's room, his Lamat revolver gripped tight in one hand. When he entered the room, he saw it like the chair still facing the window. He walked over to the chair, took a seat, and there he sat as he looked out at the window, viewing the last sights of his, you know, what his daughter saw. He began to weep for the first time since childhood, and with the knowledge that he was undeserving to live. He rose the revolver to his temple, pulled the trigger, taking his own life in the same spot he'd ended his daughter's. And that was too good of a death for him. Oh, most definitely. And the torture that he went through was, that's just bullshit. Yep. Yep. So. Not enough torture. Yep. Well, you know. So, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I mean, think about the dead you've already built your house on. Now you killed, your wife died from yellow fever. Yeah. You killed your fucking daughter in a fucking window. You know, she roasted to death. It's horrible, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. It's like, 
I don't know, dust or something is in my fucking throat. But so that's that's need some vodka to wash the the dust out. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Or a beer. (laughs) Or a beer. Yep. So uh, another rumor and another, you know, story here about 432. And and this is the most common one. And it's several years ago, a student at the Savannah College of Art and Design found himself staying at the Abercorn Abercorn house when not one night he disappeared, never to be seen again. Some oh say, some say he was transmitted or transported rather into another dimension by all the wills and demons out there. Yep. So, okay. Yep. Another one. I need to know more about that. I yep. need to know what, what he was doing and who is he with. Right. Right. I don't know, but who, I can't. When, where, and why. I can tell you. Um, so they didn't, I mean, like this was good enough for his family and I guess authorities that. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just telling you, man, it's this is all, you know, these are stories. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Another rumor, um, and it's, it was told that the founder of the Church of Satan, Church Anton LaVey, actually tried to buy the house. Oh, geez. For the purpose of using it as the base of operation for the East Coast branch for the Church of Story, or Story of Satan. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you've never heard of Anton LaVey? I've never heard of him, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I figured there was someone like him. Oh, yeah, he founded was... the Church of Satan. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So most, I'm telling you. Well, the, I guess the... if you believe in God, you have mm-hmm. to believe in. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a super creepy fucking house. And if you, you guys got to look it up. Yeah, it is very creepy. Right There's a ton of stories surrounding it. I'm. But, but you know what? It's just a very creepy looking house. This could be very pretty. Oh, absolutely. Somebody, like, it's, like, look at the... Yep. It's super haunted. It's unkept. Yep. And nobody... I'm going to tell you right now, like, that house, if you go by it to this day, there is, there's no furniture. There may be, like, a couple of, like, ladder... It always looks like it's getting renovated or something. Yeah. But it's... There's never anybody in it. So I've, I've stood on the porch oh, and really? looked in the door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've... Um, it's so very creepy. It was last purchased in um, 2018. And so, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, it's, it's changed hands multiple times. I'm trying to, it's like whoever yeah. has it is sitting on a gold mine. Oh, no doubt. Because no I doubt. know it's worth X amount of dollars and you know, <coughs> what I pulled mm-hmm. up is literally on Zillow. So who knows? Oh yeah. Yeah. That I is. don't trust that. Yeah. But it gives you an idea, you know, it's definitely worth close to probably one and a quarter to one and a half million. Yeah. But you know, if, if you marketed that the right way, you can make a killing. Oh God! And I'm yeah. sure the city would buy it. Yep. Well, yeah, maybe. So, well, the next. So, if you know, 432 has got a horrible history. Um, yeah. But the second place that we're gonna comes in. It, it's a close second to this house. Is um, it's the history and the haunting, the haunted house at 12 West Oglethorpe. Oh, I love that name. It's so, um, and Oglethorpe is, is one of the main roads in Savannah and it, it, it's super long. Um, it goes straight through every time when we were walking around, it it seemed like we just passed that street and like, there's another Oglethorpe again. I'm like, how did there's lots of Oglethorpes. So what was the address again? It's 12 West Oglethorpe. 
I don't know. It sounds like somebody's like trying to come through the freaking hallway. What the so yeah, so hell? we're in a so we're in a condo and when, when people get off the elevator, I think there's like only three or so rooms on this. Yeah, on well, that's what I yeah. But the the walls are pretty thin. No shit. So. Good lord, y'all here banging around. It's not us. It's, or it's people outside. Or it's the annex ghost. <laughs> the annex. It's the Truman ghost. <laughs> Truman. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that happen somehow. We're gonna have to start, <laughs> start a rumor. <laughs> With absolutely no basis. In right. That. There's exactly. Like a sliver of fact in that one, but. <laughs> So the house at 12 West Oglethorpe is believed to have been built around the turn of the 20th century. But before its construction, there was another house on site. The house was occupied by the Gordon family for at least 15 years. One of the Gordons was a young, beautiful girl named Juliet Gordon Lowe, who would go on to found the Girl Scouts. Ooh. Yeah. So the new structure built in place of the Gordon family's house was only a private residence for a short time. It was soon sold to the Savannah Charter of the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks. So, like the Miss Lodge. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The mysterious house um, has led to many dark and twisted tales. So, we're going to talk about the doctor's tale. And this one's a pretty creepy one. Yeah, that's a pretty house, too. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? According to the legend, the home that once stood before the house at 12 West Oglethorpe was owned by a doctor and his family. Their reign at the house was during the yellow fever. Again, everything happened during the yellow fever epidemic that, you know, basically wiped everybody out. As the population of Savannah and Georgia as a whole dwindled in size, it was only a matter of time before the doctor himself fell victim to his unforgiving disease, or to this unforgiving disease. But like the modern saying, most car accidents occur within 10 minutes of one's home. So, come on, that was funny. Anyway, the danger of becoming infected with this deadly curse always seemed to be greater upon one's arrival home. So they'd get it. They'd come home, and then, I guess, they'd infect everybody. I mean, yeah. it's just like spreading COVID. Oh, but the doctor's time did indeed eventually come. It was late in the night when the weary doctor called it a day, and deservingly so, as it was one of many long and tireless days. Days he spent vigilantly working to save lives and the growing grimness that Savannah presented. The epidemic had all but turned the city into hell. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just wiped everybody out. Every day, the doctor risked becoming infected whilst at work, but it was not until his return home that fateful night that he would finally face his own mortality. As he walked up to the front door of his house, a feeling washed over him, a feeling that made him sick to his stomach. He hesitated for a moment, questioning whether or not he should place his hand on the doorknob and enter his home. Yeah, that's creepy. Yep. The very place he had always viewed as, you know, as his sanctuary. Safe. My well, safe place. Yep. Well, at least until the night, this night, right. <laughs> before yeah, this think. night. Yeah. So a few moments later, the doctor collected himself. As he reasoned, he was being paranoid. In his mind, there was no place safer in the world than being at his home with his family. With that logic, he placed his hand on the doorknob and entered the house. It's not like you at that time, right? You can't like call your wife and say, "Hey, honey, um, everything okay?" Yeah, I know, right? Weird feeling, right? With each step inside his home that he took, came the realization that he was wrong. 
The disease had made its way into his home. The youngest child's fever had spiked, and his organs seemed to be shutting down. Over the next couple of days, the doctor stayed home trying to save his child, but he could do nothing. Over the days, his child's skin yellowed, while the sickness he himself regurgitated was as black as tar. Gross! It was not long after that the child fell into a coma, later passing that night. So the doctor could, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it took it took you in a matter of days. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor could not believe that for all of his years training and practicing medicine, he could not save his own child. Now, how like how gut wrenching would that be? Oh, I don't know. I can't imagine. Unfortunately, as tragic as the child's death was, it was not the end. One by one, the fever took hold of each member of the doctor's family, ravaging each of the poor souls in the same horrifying manner. And with each time the sickness passed onto the other member, you know, another member of the family, the doctor fought to set yet save yet another treasured life, trying to save one, just one, but he couldn't. So all of his kids? Everybody and died. I guess his wife. Yep. Yep. Any sense of reality that the doctor had left was lost when the final member of his family passed from the fever. The horror he had witnessed twisted his mind. He could not reconcile the role he'd you know, caused in the deaths of his family members. He came to think of himself as a mass murderer. He had infected his family. Why did I keep them here? Why didn't I take them away from Savannah? He asked himself these questions over and over again. Eventually, he came to believe that he was being punished for the act of vanity. Before his immense loss, he believed that he and he alone could save the people of Savannah from yellow fever. And now reflecting upon his loss, he began to think that it was in his, you know, all in vain that directly put his family in harm's way. With each person that passed, there was nothing left for him and he began wishing that he himself would be yeah. become infected but as the weeks passed his fever, fever never spiked and nobody he has no idea why yep take me take me he would beg god the doctor wanted not to just die but to suffer to suffer in the way that his family did actually more so he wanted to be punished punished at first for not keeping his family safe and then for not being able to cure them of the fever but ultimately, he wanted to be punished for surviving. Yeah, survivor's guilt. Yep. Yep. So after days of unanswered prayers, he didn't get, you know, sicker with so yellow fever. He watched all of his, his yep. entire family die and hoping yep. he would go. And now he's... Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's decided he's going to take his own life. Mm-hmm. But killing himself would be too easy. A bullet in the head was just the easy way out in his head. So then... He decided that he would go, he was going to go into the room of his youngest child, the first to succumb to the disease. <clears throat> the room was empty except for a bed. He boarded up the windows as he felt undeserving of even light. The doctor then locked himself in the room without food or water. He, locked, he looked at the bed, pondering for only a second, then opted to sit down on the hard floor. So locked himself in the room, boarded up the windows, sat on the floor, didn't even sit on the bed. 
For days, the doctor stayed in the lock room. He's lost his mind. Mm -hmm. Hidden from the world as he wasted away. Already weakened from the loss of his family, the refusal of the smallest amount of food and the littlest bit of water was inconsequential. He was already dying from malnutrition before he locked himself away. Now, with his complete refusal of food and water, it was not long before he died. Yeah. Yeah. And what a way to go. I guess I don't, you know, I don't know that I would have the, I don't know what the right word is, like to, I, to, like to you know, to shoot myself or to, you know, cut my wrist or something like yep. that would be the sh that would sure. be how I would probably <clears throat> go oh yeah 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 no like, absolutely yeah I don't, you know like yep man well and that's painful I'd imagine like oh yeah he was hurt he mm -hmm. kind of tortured himself mm -hmm. and you know no food and water I know it's sad that is terrible I know and your and your instinct as a person is to try and survive do everything it takes to just try and survive Even so your yeah body like you said instinct like your body when it starts to die is 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 trying to, to survive energy yep and, and I know stay alive mm. so that's you know one of the stories of 12 West Oglethorpe but um there's some rumors that um there was actually the Church of Satan there um, that they practice rituals and, um, yet there's some like satanic, yeah. you know, things that animal sacrifices and whatnot. So, yep. But, um, the animals out of it, people. Yeah. I know. Why you got to bother them? Come on. Yep. So Satanists aside, another rumor told about the house was a tale of good old fashioned death and suicide. <laughs> Apparently, once upon a time, a young couple moved into the Oglethorpe house. They ignored warnings from friends and family that the house was cursed. They even told about the gruesome, you know, infamous legend of the doctor and his family, so they knew about that, but they moved in anyway. The couple felt the Oglethorpe house was the right home for them and their growing family. They believed that this would be the house for years to come. Unfortunately, this would not be the case. The young couple had just had a baby before moving in, and prior to the move, the baby was seemingly healthy and, you know, basically... I was going to say the house likes kids. Yep. It was all good. The history? And, well, they, again, they were told, but they moved in, and so just be aware, some shit's going to change. The baby, shortly after moving in, developed jaundice, or so they thought. The, oh, baby's, yep, the baby's fever and yellowing skin would not subside. Rapidly, the symptoms only intensified. Then one evening, the baby could not fight the illness any longer and passed away. The mother blamed herself as she began to believe the rumors that the house was cursed. Her beloved baby had not a single mar to mark its body before moving into yeah. the house. Much like the doctor, she was overcome with grief and could not bear to continue living. It's been said that the woman returned to the house late one night. She was by herself, her husband, completely unaware of her whereabouts. Her whole family was concerned about her and searched all over Savannah. The last place to come to mind was the Oglethorpe house, as why would she want to return? Her husband decided to search the house anyway. He entered the house and began checking each room. One after another, he found nothing. Finally, he checked the last room, their baby's nursery. He felt suddenly like super heavy, like super sad. But as the pace of his footsteps slowed, his heartbeat rapidly increased. When he finally got to the room and opened the door, he saw what he had feared. Yeah. His wife was hanging lifelessly from a rope wrapped around her snap neck. 
The husband ran frantically to her aid, but there was nothing that he could do but scream and curse you know, the world. To make this legend even more eerie, some believe that the room in which the young woman hanged herself was the baby's nursery was the very same room that the doctor starved himself to death in all those years ago. Yep. Okay, so, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've always thought, like, to buy a house where people die, like, that would be cool. Um, I don't know that I would consider that anymore. I don't know. I would, I, I would, I mean, I would definitely want to go in it. And I mean, yeah, I, but I don't like living yeah. there. Yep. I don't know. They say that there's a lot of people who walk by the house, feel very heavy, mm-hmm. heaviness. Um, they're super sad. Um, they just, it's, they get very depressed around it. Stay away from 12 West, West Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe. Yep. It's a beautiful house guys, it but it's pretty. I, yep. I pulled this one up too. Cause I don't know that I've actually seen mm-hmm. this one. Yep. It's it's beautiful. It is very, very, very pretty. All right. So the last story I want to talk about, well, we'll see how much time there's, cause there's actually two stories, but, um, this one's kind of creepy. This is the story of Renee Rondolier over the years. This is in actually, it's going to in colonial park cemetery. And you, this is where you and I went and yeah, we, we had a moment. It was pretty funny. A great moment. It was yeah, it was so hilarious. But anyway, we won't bore you with that. But the, the Colonial Park Cemetery is super creepy in itself. I mean, there, there are graves everywhere in Savannah, and you're walking on dead bodies everywhere. But that cemetery, people that they did find, you know, bodies up when they were digging the city to, you know, make the city, they just moved the headstones into that fucking cemetery their bodies aren't even actually there so if i remember correctly along the back brick wall there was just random heads exactly leaned against the that is correct just leaning against the brick yep yeah and yeah because god only knows where their fucking bodies are but their headstones are in the um colonial park cemetery so the most famous ghost story to come out of the cemetery is the haunting of renee rondeler Renee's ghost is reported seen walking through the cemetery or hanging from the quote-unquote hanging tree, which is towards the back of the, of the park. Yeah. Well, I say park, but the cemetery, yeah. right? And so in real life, Renee was a very, very large person, um, standing almost seven feet tall. Like, this kid was a giant. Yep. Um, it was said that one night Renee was Where caught... Yeah, Renee was a dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was not long. Um, he was caught. I'm sorry. One night, Renee was caught not long after murdering two young girls inside of the cemetery. Oh, wow. A mob was organized to find and lynch Renee. After Renee was hung in the nearby square, residents started to report a large shadowy figure walking the grounds of Colonial Park, which was Renee's favorite place to play. Yeah. So rumor has it, though, that he didn't actually commit the murders. And, yeah. So, and he was, they just blamed him on Renee because Renee was just an odd-looking dude, and he was, like, seven feet tall, and he was, like, he was young. Exactly. He's, like, 13, 14, whatever. And there, yeah, he was a young kid. Yes, he was a young kid. And these two girls, you know, end up missing are murdered and so the town blamed it on renee so then this lynch mob comes out beats the shit out of him and then they hang him from the 
quote unquote hanging tree, which is, I don't know if you remember, but it was a giant tree. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's in, it it's, was in the back, right? It's in, yep. Yeah. It's in the back of the cemetery and that's where they hung him. So yeah, supposedly he haunts and you can see him hanging from the tree on certain nights. And that, I'm sorry, but that graveyard creeps me out because it is so creepy. It's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's a nice look. They keep it very well manicured. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Very, mm-hmm. it's, you know, well, like, they close the gates too. So you can't go in after a certain time. Like the, the graves and uh, some of the cemeteries in Charleston are just, and I love the Charleston cemeteries, especially downtown, like on the outskirts of downtown. Yep. They're not very well maintained. That one. I remember thinking this is like a really nice, very well groomed. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, and it's funny too, cause you know, in Savannah and, and just to this cemetery, because I told you there, people lose the bodies. They didn't know where the body went, but your headstone, we're going to put you, we'll put yeah. the headstone in there. So when, when you go in, you know, 200 years ago, the bodies losing bodies was just not uncommon, sadly to say. And so what they do, and when they go into the um, graveyard, I think they have like tours and stuff during the day. You can go look, you know, we walk through there, but at night you can only stand on the outside. So you can't really see, but some of the, the graves, there, like over 200 years old. One of them is a um, major general and his name is General Nathaniel Green. And he was in second command to General George Washington during the Revolutionary War. And it wasn't, I mean, he was just, you'd think he, being a high prestigious person like that, he, you know, they'd keep track of his body and bury him in the, in the cemetery. But <laughs> unfortunately, Savannah lost his body. Like, the city lost his fucking body. So on June 19th, 1786, Nathaniel Green succumbed to a heat stroke on his plantation mulberry grove and it's on the outskirts of savannah the major's body was transported into savannah by boat the following day in the late afternoon his body was then transported to the cemetery for burial it was decided that his body would be placed inside the graham family vault the graham family vault or the graham family wasn't actually using it at the time so they said that you know his body could be buried there oh okay they fled they yeah i think they left um and they went to Europe, I guess, after, I don't know, settling or something. And they were like, fuck this place. I'm going back to Europe. I don't know. But so a few years after Nathaniel Green was laid to rest inside of the vault, it was opened up for his son, George Washington Green. George died when his boat overturned near Mulberry Grove. The location wasn't a very lucky place for the Green family. He was placed in the vault with his father on April 4th, 1970. It only took Savannah about 30 years to lose the body of Nathaniel Green and his son. A committee was appointed and tried unsuccessfully to locate the final resting spot of Nathaniel Green because they have no clue where he fucking went. So some, so they put him in there, him and his father or him and his son? Him and his son, and then they lost him. And then, <laughs> and then clearly someone had to have... Most of them. You think? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and no. Well, what, what are they speculating? So, and, well, in 1901, Asa Bird, president of the Rhode Island Society of Cincinnati, came to Savannah for the purpose of trying to direct, you know, track, track down the final burial place of Nathaniel Green. 
During the inspection of a number of the family vaults in the Colonial Park Cemetery, the body of the general and his son were found actually in the Graham Moss Man family vault and not the Graham family vault. There were a number of pieces of evidence which left no doubt that the bodies were the bodies that they were looking for. Yep. In 1902, the bodies of Major General Nathaniel Green and his son were moved to their final resting place in Johnson Square in Savannah. So it's, they're actually in the square. Okay. So they were placed underneath the monument which bears his name. And then, you know, people go and see that yeah. in the um, square. But yeah, they, Savannah has lost bodies. Like, I mean... The place is riddled with fucking dead bodies. And I guess it just, just I, I got, I, I have no idea. It's, we lost your body. Yeah, it's really weird. So I definitely recommend going to the cemetery. It is a, it's a super cool fucking cemetery. And there's just a tons of graves. And so many of them you can't even read because it's, it, they're so, so old. And and like Carrie said, they're all along the fence. <laughs> they're not actually, you know, headstones in and then there's a body. No, no, they're just like fucking on the fence. Yeah. They're put on the they're fence. Just leaning against, like yeah. you lean a board against a wall. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there's so many dead bodies and nobody knows where the fuck they are. So definitely recommend going to the cemetery if you're going to go to Savannah. Okay, so this last story is probably one of my favorite ghost stories in Savannah. Um, and it, it takes place at um, 1790 Inn on President Street in the Historic District. And it's, it's actually at a, a part of a pub crawl. And I actually, years and years ago, I stayed there. And it's a, it's a haunted hotel. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted hotels in the in Savannah. But it's um, actually, it's three buildings in total. The first two parts of the building were constructed in the years between 1821 and 1823. A third part, which is the eastern part of the building, was built in 1888. And it doesn't matter which part you find yourself in, you're likely to like run into a ghost. So this particular story is about the ghost of Anne. 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 And she is the most well-known ghost there. Um, And she has been seen on the top floor of the inn, and more specifically in room 204. Now, I didn't get to stay in room 204, because I shit you not, if you people go to 1790 and try to book a room in room 204, it is booked out for fucking ever. Oh, wow. Ever. Yeah, so I actually stayed in room, like, 204. Five, two or three. I can't remember. This was a long, long, long time ago. So, but the well, um, she supposedly haunts that room specifically. So she was, um, she's called Anne by the staff and she enjoys messing with people and their belongings. So guests who stay in room 204 regularly report having their belongings, belongings messed with, rearranged, or even come up missing. So people have also said they feel the presence of Anne while staying in the room. Sheets have been tugged on um, by an unforeseen force, sobs of a woman crying, even, um, you know, like in the dark corners of the room, you can hear her after the lights go out. And I kid you not, that room is extremely haunted. And 204. 
in room 204, yes. So according to folklore, Anna was actually the bride of an arranged marriage who fell in love with a sailor like in the 1800s, like early 1800s. She is said to have thrown herself to her own death from a third floor window onto the brick courtyard below just as the sails of his ship left her sight and headed down to Savannah River to the sea. Some suggest that she was pushed from the window by her angry husband who had paid for her passage to Savannah. So yeah, I think the story was that her dad, it was like some arranged marriage, um, and but she fell in love with a sailor. With someone else. Yeah, gotcha. with some, someone else. And, and mind you, where the hotel now is, where, where, where it is, it's always been, the water used to be closer. Yeah. Kind of like Charleston where the water's like, you know, eroded and, and whatever. But Savannah is the same. So she could see the, you know, the water and the ships coming in. Well, she was forced to marry this dude and she was actually pregnant by him. The sailor? The No, her, her husband. husband, the arranged, because it was an arranged marriage. Right. Well, she had been in love with this sailor still, well, and, and was pregnant by this other, or by her husband. Well, she's been waiting for the sailor to come back. Well, he wanted to see her. Well, she couldn't let him see her because she was pregnant. Well, the husband knew that she was in love with this other man. Well, she didn't want to be married to him, and he was cruel and mean to her. Yeah. Well, one of the stories, versions I've heard, is that she threw herself out of the window and killed herself and the baby because she didn't want to be with this guy. So what's crazy about this hotel, though, is that when you go to the third floor, well, because I want to say it's the second floor, but there may be, because there's a basement at the bottom, and it's a restaurant and a bar, and it's, it's really, they have really good food. And they have, like, this punch that they called hippie juice that they make there and it is fucking delicious it's got like rum and can't remember all of the shit that's got in it but it's also got watermelon it's got big chunks of watermelon and shit oh. dear god it is delicious but um anyway so that's kind of in the bottom area and then um and when you check in they still have like old keys and stuff they don't have the Ooh, cool. they don't have the like cards skeleton keys yes well it's you no know, i mean but it's like a, oh like a, just a key yeah no they don't yeah it's not a, a yeah but i mean it's an old <laughs> it's an old hotel but anyway so but you go in and you check in and when you if you go up to her room there's a window and there's a mannequin and it is supposed it's the mannequin of Anne but it's looking out of the window it is terrifying because you walk by it and you can see the mannequin like creepy it is fucking creepy but yeah so supposedly you know people say that their you know jewelry's been taken I think she just I think she's kind of a friendly ghost but she's not like trying to so if you go she just wants to be known at home yeah. So supposedly, Miley Cyrus stayed in room 204 with her mother while fil- um, filming a movie in the area. And on her Twitter account, she included a photograph with a caption saying, Look what Anna did. Ghost in room 204. My boots were put on top of my suitcase and left with a handprint while I was out. 
Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? I am looking to, to book this room right now. Yeah. It's super, it, I've always wanted to stay in 204 and just, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. But, um, so there's also like a, another story of like a little boy named Thaddeus is sometimes seen on the ground floor of the restaurant and tavern. Thaddeus lives, leaves shiny pennies lying in the table bar and the desk. He is this, also a, a super friendly little ghost. So, Thaddeus, Thad, good old Thad. Good old Thad. So, so yeah, that's, that's the story, um, a couple of the stories of, of 1790. Um, and it, like I said, it's just a very awesome hotel. Yeah. Definitely looks, recommend staying there. Yeah. Yep. The rooms look super fancy. Yeah. I can't remember. Cause like I said, it's been such a long time um, since I went there. I did go um, more recently um, when Ryan and I went down, um, we went on a pub crawl and it, they take you to get hippie juice, but they, you know, it's the, yeah. they show you downstairs and, and um, yeah, there's a lot of paranormal activity there. Yeah, that so. looks, it looks really cool. So, yeah, guys, I know this is not the episode you're probably hoping for. Um, that is coming up, like I said this week. Carrie's got a little bit more research to do, yes, but it is totally going to be worth it. I'm excited. Kroll is a nasty motherfucker. He's a sick fucking freak. Yeah, and just this, oh, God. Like, Bleh. he freaks me out just think like his name. And, uh, ooh, yeah. He's just, he's just, just he's a piece of shit. And, and he, he had a, you know, really low IQ. And so I don't know, I've mm -hmm. done a lot of, actually I've done a little bit of research on, you know, the intelligence mm -hmm. quotient, whatever test. Yeah. And so every so many years it changes. Yeah. Um, the range of, um, is, you know, mentally challenged, what we'll say is considered mentally challenged. So wow. It, the, so I didn't realize that. Is that like vanity sizing? And, and guess what? Does <laughs> that mean we're getting else? super as a every, well, race? Well, I think it means we're getting smarter. Oh. So, and, and every country is different. Yeah, no, you said that. And That's so just, weird. It, it's, it's really weird. I feel so. like the U.S. is probably. Well, we are, Germany is smarter than we are. I'll tell you that. So that just take that and do whatever you would like to do. I don't know how, I don't know. So our average, so our average uh, and I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but our average IQ uh -huh. you know, is like 98 or something. Really? And Germany's is like 99. Oh, okay. So it's not too much. Okay. Not okay. Too, yeah, I gotcha. And then of course, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, in, uh, China, Japan, mm -hmm. yeah. the charts. like, I think their normals, like genius level for us. Of course. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And so, yeah, I can't wait to hear the story. I'm super excited. So we will definitely be recording and posting that this week. And it'll probably get, well, it won't get posted until Sunday. Yeah. It won't get posted yeah. until Sunday, but all right, guys. Well, I, I'm glad that you guys are here and thank you for sticking with us through our yeah. scariness. But, um, we hope you check us out on our website. Remember status. Macabre.com. Like us on everything. Follow us on everything. Yes, Facebook, Twitter, and um, Insta. And yep. definitely check out these booze bandages. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to post that here soon. Yep. So, all right, guys, we will see you soon. Behave. Bye.